Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. Tonight I have Wendy Wagner with me. Wendy is one of Hollywood's leading social um, session vocalists. She uh, appears on songs um, from recording artists like Britney Spears, Selena Gomez, Kelly Clarkson, Miley Cyrus, Michael Buble, Barbara Streisand, Katie Lang, Neil Young, and Ringo Starr, just to name a few of them. She sang on more than 450 songs for the hit Fox television show Glee. And she can be heard in motion picture soundtracks, including Rock of Ages, We Are Marshall, Legally Blonde, many others, which I will I want to talk to her about. Um, and as a touring singer, Wendy has sung background on a world tour with Katie Lang. And she currently tours on and off with um, Joe Walsh of the Eagles. So let me, without further ado, bring her on, Wendy. Hi! Yay! And we can still hear each other. <laughs> we did it! Yes! <laughs> all of the artwork behind me. You probably don't want to see all of that. Okay. It looks great. looks great. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm seeing my reflection and realizing that I do have the COVID-19 pounds. I never got the COVID-19, but I got the pounds. So I'm okay, but you know, it's hard looking at myself. <laughs> you look amazing. You're gorgeous. Oh, you're so yeah. kind. I think I've just been, uh, I, it's interesting. I was at a session today in a studio. I was mm -hmm. at East West recording and I was actually in a studio. I wasn't engineering myself. It wasn't a remote situation. And I was like in the studio, we were talking about the healing that has to take place for musicians and singers, because I don't think we actually have even touched or scratched the surface of what everyone has gone through, including creatives. Um, it's going to take a long time to get reconnected and like, ooh. So that's where my brain is today, but I'm trying to. <sighs> yes, you yes. Were fun. and thank you for that very sweet introduction. That's very kind. As, as the feeling is mutual, because I adore you, and you have such a beautiful voice and your spirit. And I mean, it's just amazing. I just I love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I would love to hear all about your um, session today, but before we dive into that, what I usually ask at the beginning is, um, as a singer, what did you kind of have going on career-wise right before uh, our lockdown hit? And then what did you immediately pivot into? Or did you? Did you take a break? You know, what did you kind of segue into? Well, I mean, at the time I was not touring. My husband was touring. My brother was touring. I, a lot of my friends were touring. I was not. Um, we lost Joe Walsh to the Eagles a few years, a couple of years ago, actually. And then with the pandemic, he's still fulfilling his Eagles 
obligations and then we'll see if we do anything with him uh, you know with his solo stuff mm-hmm. uh, but you know with covid everything kind of the breaks just went on so i wasn't touring but i was recording you know a lot it's what i do for a living and i have been for 23 years and um so it was an abrupt stop i mean i don't think it was me choosing to take a break i think it was just everybody in shock and going wow what's happening at the time um i've been remote recording for 17 years i'm a logic girl i know just enough to be dangerous and i know enough to record edit tune process send stems to the producer I'm definitely not a sound engineer. I could not go into a studio and record a band or anything like that. Um, hang on, hun, hun, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. No, I'm just making sure you're okay. I'm fine, I'm on live right now. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why I was trying to avoid being in the RV. You know what, it's it's totally possible that one of my kids will run in here naked at any time, so whatever. <laughs> I was trying to get out of here and then our extension cord is gone. So I'm like, well, okay, I'm back in the RV. So with that said, um, so we, you know, obviously we had lost our house and our studio in a fire, in the Woolsey fire. We're in the middle of rebuilding. We're at the end of rebuilding. And uh, at the time we had to, uh, we rented for the first year and then thought we would be rebuilt, you know, a long time ago. So my husband had this amazing idea of getting like a tour bus and putting it on the land so that we can be involved in that while that was happening and watch everything come back up. And here we are two and a half, almost three years later. And needless to say, we were at an RV park. We were at the Malibu RV park, which is stunning. And it hangs over PCH and you look at the ocean. It's right there by Cher's house. It's so beautiful. And it was the second day. uh, It was the actual first or second day of the closing. So all we heard were helicopters going and police going, get off the beach. (laughs) Get off. We were like locked in this RV. They wouldn't let us out. I mean, it was really, really crazy. So to work was a little challenging to actually do work. And all of my clients, and I'm sure I speak for so many other singers, um, everybody was just, what is this? You know, like very nervous and not sure exactly what to do. So nothing was happening. But after probably a few weeks of it, jobs started coming in, remote jobs. And Um, I've always done it. I've always had my own studio. So a lot of my clients trust me to, they send me material. I sing it, produce it, send it back, you know? So that was always continuing. Um, I tried, you know, everything I could to help other singers get, you know, a little bit more in line with recording themselves. I don't think a lot of singers were prepared for that. Some were, but not a lot. And, um, So I just, you know, work continued as usual. Obviously, the workflow was cut at least by 50% because, you know, I think everybody was just trying to find their footing. Right. Then, you know, when production stops on film and television, there's not a lot to do. So I started doing more like songwriter demos and stuff like, you know, more independent artists were contacting me and um, I was just 
doing whatever came in kind of thing, mm -hmm. having fun with it, staying connected to it. But it wasn't that hustle and bustle lifestyle that yeah. like both my husband and I are used to is going to a studio all the time. So it was different, but it never really completely stopped just to just maybe two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And now it looks like just from our relationship on Facebook and I, you know, seeing your posts that things are starting to pick up, um, in person doing some in, in studio session work. Yeah. I mean, I've done, you know, I've, it's been like speckled, you know, through the whole, you know, pandemic I've done a handful of in-person, not even really a handful, I think three or four in-person sessions. Um, not with groups, but basically just by myself or maybe with just one or possibly two other singers where we're like 15 feet away, we're all wearing masks and, you know, singers that I have a very deep relationship with and, and vice versa. Um, I, I did a Carrie Underwood Christmas special during the pandemic with Nayana and Dorian Holly contracting, who I adore. And that was definitely different because we were being tested, you know, sometimes twice a day when we'd get there in the morning and then in the afternoon or, you know, um, that was interesting. And we couldn't really, we couldn't really converse. And we, you know, there was kind of like a COVID type policing going on where people were like, you know how singers are. We get together and it's like, la, 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 you yeah. know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, my day. And so we had to refrain from that, which was kind of difficult. And in part of the time, you know, we still had our masks on and we would still be gabbing, but they had us sequestered a little bit. Like there were so many people allowed on an elevator. There were so many people allowed in the bathroom and they really watched it. And I think there were only about 15 or 16 singers mm -hmm. with um, Carrie. And, um, but we, you know, we did some pre-records and we were up there. And as I don't know if you know, or if a lot of people know, but um, really doing a good lip sync is you have to sing along. You can't just go, because yeah. you're not watching the chest rise, you're not watching the muscles move, you're not watching any expression. So we had to sing, you know, like but they spaced us and made sure that we were all really spaced apart. And, you know, the whole thing was run incredibly well and very professional. And so that's the biggest thing that I did with other singers during the pandemic. So that's, I think, why it's been so different. The career has been different. Yeah. And I've done a lot of group sessions, but what we do is we layer things. So uh, one singer will start and then we basically send our stem over to the next singer and then they stack on you and it goes like that. Yeah. So we're all matching that original singer's uh, phrasing. Yeah, That's what we've had to do. So, but I am seeing more jobs you know, a lot of people are fully vaccinated now, or at least partially vaccinated, um, getting that question a lot, you know, yeah. I've seen a couple singers that um, are not interested in doing the vaccine and have lost work from it. So that's, that's tough because everybody has their own belief system and political or not. I mean, I think it's completely different than who you follow politically. I think it's just whether or not you intend on taking the vaccine. And I think there it's gonna be 
difficult for people who don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because we really are kind of turning another corner now in all of this with the vaccines. Yeah. So you, now we're faced with this, you know, who's going to be able to work and who's not and, and what are the requirements going to be and um, you know, who's going to get left out. Um, and you mentioned at the top that, you know, there's so much healing that has to take place. We're barely, you know, we've barely scratched the surface with any of that. And now we're moving into this. It's just such an awkward, strange time of life. But I, for me, at least having a few in-person, you know, things that we're doing that are, you know, safe and distant that to me are those are the little baby steps that we're taking. Yeah, forward. Yeah. Like I still, I don't even know how to be around people anymore. I feel so awkward, but you know, I think those are going to be the little things when that, you know, when we start kind of coming out of the bunker, you know? Yeah, I think so too. I, you know, I know we talked before um, that when you were doing some uh, dates with your band mm -hmm. and I was like, Whoa, whoa, you know, this was a few months ago and there were some like, you know, scattered things that you were doing in a smaller events and, you know, smaller group of people, but you were actually out singing live before I knew anyone that was doing it. Mm. So I think, yes, we, with the numbers coming down, especially in California and the vaccine going out, I mean, we're half, halfway to, you know, 50% vaccinated the state of California, which is incredible. And, um, I think, you know, they're seeing a lot less hospitalizations. They're seeing the death count go down, even though that the you know, infection number is still pretty high. Mm -hmm. um, but they're seeing like, you know, worst case scenario type thing and it's getting better. So I, I do think people are just definitely opening up to go to a real studio and, you know, there's still the protocol of taking the temperature signing generally like today i had to do an online app thing where you sign in give your information whether or not you've had any symptoms over the last two weeks they now have lifted the cdd lifted this the 10-day quarantine if you're traveling if okay. you're fully vaccinated mm. if you're partially vaccinated you still have to quarantine but if you're fully vaccinated past that two-week period you no longer have to quarantine so it was interesting. I was filling out this form and it was asking me these questions and that that's new. Um, so, you know, you still have to go through that. The, the sanitizer, hand sanitizer is still everywhere. And we're, you know, I think everybody's trying to be as careful as possible um, and slowly see glimpses of life and light coming back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know it, it's going to be a lot to navigate, but I think, you know, we're just going to kind of have to take it one little step at a time. But um, yeah. I wonder, you know, are, are uh, gone are the days when we all when we share a mic in the studio. <laughs> I wonder if that will ever, ever happen again. <laughs> I, You know, it's interesting because I was thinking about that. I, You know, obviously the studio I was at today is COVID compliant. You know, one of the very few that are. Mm -hmm. I know from a personal friend who is a producer who was hiring union singers on a union date. And oh, wow. I mean, there's all these fines and fees and mm. it's really bad um, for the producer, but hopefully as much as producers can do the right thing, as much as the union work can come back, 
I think that's phenomenal. But I was on this mic and it had a windscreen and it, you know, it's all torn up and everything. And I'm just thinking like, how old is this windscreen? Why didn't I bring my Lysol? And if they're COVID compliant, I would think they'd have to change the windscreen, like, or at least sanitize it between singers. Yeah. I'm sitting here like worst case scenario going, okay, I'm fully vaccinated. Let's hope there's no COVID germs on the windscreen. So yeah, sharing a mic days. Wow. Maybe, maybe in a year, maybe in a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I think it hit us and horn players specifically incredibly hard because we project so much, mm -hmm. you know, to be a horn player, you've really got to, you know, I mean, you got to use so much wind and to be a singer, obviously it's the same thing. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's going to take some time. Yeah, it really, really is. And I think that, um, you know, I think my biggest concern right now is are, are we jumping the gun? Are people so excited that things are beginning to open up? Are we going to do things too quickly and shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, overdoing all of that. But, but at the same time, I fully understand it. I, I feel that excitement. I am, I'm fully vaccinated too. And I'm like, I just want to get out there. I want us to start doing our thing again. Um, and it's just, it's such a hard thing to resist. I think it is. And it's so interesting because I was talking with another session singer. We were just emailing each other back and forth. And, and this person hadn't even had one shot yet. And they, I said something to them kind of just kind of nonchalantly. And then I realized, I think what happens when you're fully vaccinated and you've been, pa you know, you're past weeks past that time, mm -hmm. um, there's a certain level of fear that we've been living with for you know, over a year that, that kind of, boom, it kind of drops. Yeah. Not that you can't get COVID because you can, but the chances of you dying from it and the chances of you having an extreme hospitalization or something are so minimal that you have this kind of lift. It's like this weight kind of comes off your shoulders and you forget to put the mask on. You walk into the grocery store, you hug people that, you know, are fully vaccinated. Now it's an interesting thing to to feel that shift and you have to remember that not everybody is quite there yet and it is it's a strange transition time as far as getting back to it too fast i i, I agree i don't think anyone knows what's going to happen but i think that as the vaccination numbers go up and the the covid you know um infections are still really low I think that it's proving that the vaccine is working, at least I think, let's hope. Yeah. I did see, I follow, you know, the California information. I'm on their email and they send all the information about their daily changes because, wow, it changes daily, right? Like right. one day you should wear a mask, the next day you're not. Mm -hmm. One day you should wash your hands. Now they're saying you shouldn't be using so much hand sanitizer. Okay. I read this yesterday on the CDC website. And it says it no longer transmits on topical or like anything that you touch. It has to be transmitted through a droplets or spit or, you know, what that kind of thing. Yeah. So you don't need to wash your hands like that anymore. And I'm like, well, it just changes every day. Mm -hmm. But I did see that they're starting to open as of, I think it's 
April 15th or right around that time, they're going to be open certain uh, venues at 15 mm -hmm. capacity. Mm -hmm. So the smaller venues where there's 1500 seats to 6,000 seats, that kind of thing, they're going to allow 50% capacity, but there are going to be seated areas for vaccinated people and a different section for non-vaccinated people. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and the vaccination is digital. Like I have a card. My husband has a digital thing. And I'm like, how'd you get that digital thing? They're going to start checking on flights, Disneyland entrance, going to a concert, going to a baseball game, going back to school. They're going to start checking. Yeah. And so the vaccinated people have a seated section that you no longer, there's no more social distancing, but you have to wear a mask until every, until there's herd immunity. Mm -hmm. Non-vaccinated section is socially distanced. So that's the only difference, but literally you cannot, you can't, you can't hang out with the, with the down low unvaccinated people. And I'm just going, again, I know so many people that won't take this shot. Yeah. I'm just going, okay. It's a little bit of an unfair pressure because how do you enjoy these things that we've been deprived of for so long? How do you enjoy going on a trip or, you know, going to flying to Hawaii and staying at a resort? You know, they're going to be checking. Yeah. yeah. It's going to change things. So we'll see. <laughs> that, that is going to be something else. I can't even, I can't even imagine that. It, yeah. It's on the CDC website for California. And I was just like, wow, that's the first time that I saw that. And I know they're going to start doing fully vaccinated flights and like, you know, cause then you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. It's like, I don't, you know, I might, I might book a ticket on that airplane yes. <laughs> because that mask wearing that for so many hours is just torture. Yeah, absolutely. It's torture. It's like, oh, your flight may be three or four hours, but you got to count all the driving time. And the minute you get out of your car and like, it's seven or eight hours with that thing and kids going to school. I mean, we both have kids in school. I mean, that's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, I, I am, I'm so hopeful the direction things are going in that that is my concern. But like you said, things are changing on a daily basis. So yep. I, you know, maybe it's something we just shouldn't worry too much about into the future or try to like visualize these awkward, um, vaxxed against the non-vax rooms, you know, things are changing every day and we're going to figure out how to navigate through everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone should be forced to have a vaccination because I, I, I have friends who truly, truly believe that it's not good for them health-wise, whatever they have an underlying condition or, you know, a vaccination injury or, you know, autism is tied to vaccines, which is a very controversial mm -hmm. topic. But, um, you know, I, I believe in some of that stuff. And it's like, it's a really hard decision to sit back and go, do I stick this in my kid? You know, like what, you know, I'll go down, I'll take one for the yeah. team. We can get life, get, you know, going back. But, you know, when you have a young kid, what do you do? These are hard decisions to make and yeah. to not be able to enjoy a concert or go to Disneyland or anything like that, because you're not one of those people, that's going to be tough. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, 
I think one of the silver linings that has come out of this um, is all of the remote capability that we have now. Um, and I am so glad because that really led me to you and you and I connecting because you have, um, you have, you do some special workshops that are, uh, it's the art of pop vocal, right? In the studio. Yeah. And um, I am just like, in love with this work that you do. It has been so amazing after, you know, I've been singing for 25 years or so. And I feel like what I'm learning from you is uncovering a whole different dimension of my voice or, and my performance, you know, how I think about it. Um, it's changing my ears and I just, I love it. And I love that you're putting it out there because it's very unique. I don't see it's different. It's different. I don't see anyone else doing this. Uh, Julian yeah. Waterman is in the comments and she says her workshops are the best. So oh, fun. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. They are great. Yeah, it's very different. Um, I definitely don't put myself out there as a vocal teacher. Um, I'm an untaught singer. I did not go to school for it. I haven't taken lessons. Um, I was married to a vocal coach, my ex-husband, who was a, a master singer and vocal coach. And I would watch him with, um, you know, he worked with primarily professional singers and I would watch him, you know, target whether someone was working on their range or breath control or whoever it might've been. Sometimes he worked with actors and stuff. Sorry, this thing is moving so much. I'm literally sitting on a bed. <laughs> this is how like, you know, this is how high profile I am these days. Um, but anyway, he, I would watch him and be just like, wow, that's amazing. It's not something I ever wanted to do or thought I would do. And a friend of mine, I think, you know, with, uh, my friend, Tim Davis, who I talk about most likely in every one of these interviews was doing these incredible um, workshops and, you know, um, intensives, you know, he, that's what he would call them. It's like session singer intensives, studio singer intensives. And, you know, completely on the other side of what I do, the, the sight singing, the, um, you know, the blending, all, all of the stuff. I mean, if, if anyone is ever interested in going to one of his workshops, they're incredible. I mean, I've gone and watched and just, it's been, it's amazing. I mean, I've, Tim and I have sung together forever. And, um, I, you know, I've seen that side of his skill and then I've seen his ear, which is just as fast as his ability to read fly poop that fast. Um, a monster, monster musician, arranger, singer, horn player, you know, everything. And I think he was encouraging me to do something like this. And I had reached out to him and said, what do you think about me doing something like this? But on the whole other side of the spectrum, which is street singing, which is ear singing, which is pop singing, all pop singers that do a lot of that record work, a lot of us don't grow up learning how to sight sing. Mm -hmm. We don't sing with, you know, master chorals and like, you know, it's just a very different thing when you're singing on, you know, um, a Demi Lovato record or uh, Selena Gomez or can't Carrie Underwood, or they're generally not putting sheet music in front of you. And, you know, you're not, reading it down. It's a completely different place where that comes from. 
it's so about em emoting and about connecting to the vocal and especially with the lead vocal. If you're hired to do background vocals, you have to assimilate to the lead vocal and disappear into their tone and you know everything. It's it's a complete complete art. It's different than singing a jingle for you know um, Coca-Cola. Very very different thing. A yeah. different skill. When I was coming up in session singing, um, there was a lot more of that traditional you know sight singing session singer uh, community. Completely of maybe, uh, how do I say it? Just a different generation. When when I was growing up and we would see commercials for Pepsi or something, it would be like, Pepsi, you gotta have your Pepsi or whatever, you know, I'd like to teach the world to sing, you know, or it was a shampoo commercial, like, doesn't she look lovely? Like it was all these kind of different kind of singers that didn't yeah. sound like a singer on the radio. Mm -hmm. Now when you listen to Ariana Grande or you listen to Mariah Carey or like, you know, even J-Lo or anyone that's on the radio, I mean, we're talking singers, not rappers, but like singers, it's not that session singer reading thing. It's just not. It's a different animal. Nice. So people who have that amazing ability to be pop session singers and also read and also have the ability to arrange and write out all the notes and everything. That's amazing. But there's very few of them. And to be honest, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I'm terrible if I, I'm wrong. I'm sure I am. I don't know one of those like heavy, heavy readers, female. I know a couple males. I will say that. Like David Laux is one of them. Um, but I don't know a lot of females that have that unbelievable pop voice that mm -hmm. they're also so scholared classically trained we've talked about this so much classically trained singers who are taught this is your posture this is how you hold your head this is how where you point your voice this is how there's so many rules and regulations and then you've got a piece of paper in front of you where you're reading notes and rhythms and rests and bass clefts and i mean it's it takes, unfortunately, it takes the heart out of singing for me because mm -hmm. I'm the worst reader in the world. And people that hire me are laughing right now because they know. But I would say that I'm handed, you know, um, something to read maybe once every five years. Yeah, I'm just not that singer. I'm not going to get that call. Um, I talk about Tim all the time. Tim used to bring me into really heavy reads and literally pluck things out on the piano. I'd always sing melody, always soprano, so I could remember it easily. Yes. And he would be over there going, ding, 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 okay, let's do it, you know? And like, he really, really helped me with that. But I, I just never continued to go that direction. I went the other direction, and that was record singing. And even in, commercials and t in television and writing for film and television. Everything was pop, pop, pop. Mm -hmm. So that's where I went. It became my expertise. And I just said, I would like to do some kind of teaching thing, but I'm not going to stand there and tell you how to hold yourself upright. And like, I, we've talked about the bouncing on the bed syndrome, right. like going back to 
what first made you fall in love with singing. And that's really where I come into this pop vocal workshop that I do. And I've had nothing but professional singers in these workshops before, and they all leave there going, huh? Like, yes. it's a skill that you don't necessarily tap into unless that's what you do, you know? So it's very, very different and super fun um, and really exposing and very, you have to be very vulnerable and very open. And it's, uh, I've had some singers, I had a singer I was working with and he is a living doll and oh man, just a voice of, <clears throat> of a prince, unbelievable voice, but very protective over his throat, which I understand, we, you know, I always talk about hydrating, resting your voice, not straining your voice. I mean, luckily I've been singing 23 years and I can still step up to the mic and I think still deliver something that sounds, you know, young and whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But this one singer was so fragile about his voice and I was like, can you give it a little bit of a, ah, you know, ah, can you give it that intense, slight scream like do you you know what i'm talking about and his face was just like <gasps> like what you know it's the opposite of what a vocal teacher would ask you to do and then i sent him examples of what i was talking about and it's michael jackson and it's bruno mars and like those voices you listen to bruno mars and it's just like it's like oh it's a hot bath it's the best pop voice and he's going oh, and he's, yeah and he's got this growl in his voice michael jackson what about us you know it's like oh man he's not going what about us you know like he's not doing that he's in the street he's in the heart he's keeled over like this he's he's not worrying about the protected way of singing and it's just a different animal. Um, all of that stuff is different. So as far as I know, I don't know anyone else that teaches this. And it's been hilariously fun. And I'm so lucky. I'm, I'm loving it. And I got to do it Zoom during the pandemic. So I'm excited to do classes again, but we'll see when that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it so much. I think it's it's brilliant. And for session singers, and that's really what I had in mind for, you know, um, working with you, but having um, had some sessions with you, I think how wonderful this is for the indie artist too, who's still trying to figure out their sound because uh, really you are, you're tapping into elements of singing that, um, are so hard to teach. And it's something that we don't often pay much attention to, you know, when we're listening, we, we go through, you know, our classical training or, you know, our, our vocal coaching. And there's, um, at the end of the day, a lot of it is the same a lot. Um, yeah. and this is, it's very, very different and go, you have such a different approach. It's way more physical. And I love the way you explain how <laughs> to feel something in the body. Thank and you. I love how you explain how to feel something rhythmically. 
and um, and how you can uh, use your words and articulate how to draw out an emotion in somebody. I think I think in one of the songs we were working on, you were like Danielle, you're you're in a trailer park, you're wearing Daisy Dukes, you're with your boyfriend, and you're not supposed to be. And you're wearing like a white tank top and you've got a few tattoos on your yes. shoulder. Hickey's up my neck. Yeah. <laughs> and you, maybe you're smoking, maybe you have a little drink or whatever it is, but you close your eyes and that's where you are. Yes. Maybe you have a shaved head. You know, it's like you really literally have to put yourself in that frame of mind. Yes. Because again, I think as singers who are classically trained, because I work with so many um, amazing opera singers, you know, um, Gosh, uh, Broadway singers, uh, jazz singers, that uh, beautiful voices um, that just don't know how to translate that into sounding like the radio. Mm -hmm. And some take it easier than others. You know, I mean, like yourself, you're incredible. You're so open and you, you're, you're just so receptive. Some people aren't so receptive to being told to close their eyes and imagine they're in a trailer park with the Daisy Dukes on and they're looking at me like I'm insane. But it's, you know, a lot of, of this uh, career, especially, you know, the street singing is really tapping into the emotion of the song. And it's, again, it's not a proper way of singing. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not that it's not proper. It's just, it's not polite. It's not easy. You're not protecting yourself to a point where you can't emote. Mm -hmm. And we've talked a lot. I've talked a lot about Adele and Sam Smith and, and Harry Styles, the singers that are not tuned where you can just, you hear their voice floating flat. You hear their voice going sharp because they're really giving it everything. They're super excited and working hard to get that note and it's not always perfect. That's called human emotion. And we don't hear a lot of that sometimes when people are just trying to be perfect, perfect. Um, so it's tough to, it's tough to really explain um, how to get into that mindset, but a lot of session singing, and this is across the board, but a lot of it is um, acting. A lot of it is like, you know, taking an acting course. And, you know, I remember when I first started doing Britney Spears stuff, um, someone, you know, I did it for a television show and it was a, an old television show that didn't quite, you know, didn't do great. It was, um, it was called Popular. I can't remember what, what uh, network it was on, but I had never heard of Britney Spears. And they said, we need someone to do a sound alike. And it was like a bunch of school girls in, in this scene and they were dancing and it was, you know, oh, baby, baby, you know, it was that kind of thing. And I, I, you know, listened to it. And at the time I was like a big, big belty rock singer that was just like, Whoa! you know, it was very different kind of singer. I listened to her. I'm like, how is she getting that sound? you know, studying other singers, you, again, you have to kind of disappear into the lead singer. Um, if you stick out too much, uh, you're not doing your job mm -hmm. unless it's a featured background vocal. You know what I mean? Where, okay, here comes, here comes the gospel choir, or here comes the female singer on a, on a male vocal, you know, where you'll, you, you're, you, they want you to stick out. Yeah. If you're, enhancing someone's tone or you're 
you're ghosting or sitting underneath them and adding all this different stuff around them. You have to literally change your voice to fit what theirs is. Um, I remember doing uh, a Demi Lovato song and her voice is so big and so full and where the other singers that I was so used to doing were a little bit more choked off and a little bit more like that, you know? And so you, you listen to the tone and you change. I mean, I did this for Celine Dion, uh, for JLo. I mean, I remember like going, wow, like JLo was so rhythmic because she's a dancer. Same with Britney. They're mm. so rhythmic and every little punch is like, bam, bam, bam. It's what they're doing with their body. And then other singers, they're more laid back. They're more fluid. There's more breath. It's like, you have to, you have to marry your voice with theirs. Because if I'm in, on every record going, la, 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 it's like, it's not going to work. Right. Standing out is not working. So it's really been a big education for me. Um, you know, I came up in the time of the super pop vocal again with the Max Martin stuff. Um, you know, when the Backstreet Boys are all, you know, we're on the radio and that kind of thing. And I, I had to sit back and go, how do we do this? How do we support this singer or that vocal and make it sound like the radio? Mm -hmm. So start me and a handful of producers, we, we came up with this formula and it worked. So, and I, and I apply it really almost in everything that I do, whether it be a Barbie commercial, um, a, a Disney thing. Um, gosh, I was working on a, a heavy rock record and I was like, oh, we need to do a party track. You know, like I take little things that I've learned from so many records and stuff over the years to know how to bring the energy up in a chorus, you know, all the different little tools. And it really comes down to um, your ear and assimilating and understanding how to make things punch and stand out and not stand out and how to express and make people feel what you're singing. Mm -hmm. That is pop. It is. It is. And you know, the proof is in the pudding with what you're saying, because there's a reason why you are in high demand oh. because you have this incredible ability to go in. Um, and I think that's an important thing for session singers to learn or somebody getting into session work is to know that, um, like you said, they're not really calling you to show up as you, they need you no. to produce a very specific sound. And as singers with our you know, our image and our, you know, how we feel about ourselves inside, that's very hard to let go of a lot of times. And so I think that, um, you know, what you're doing is, is really, really great. Um, Adam Wilson is in the comments and he says, Adam! one class with this woman and your confidence is skyrocketed. Page says your class is awesome. Oh, Leslie. Yeah. So I, I, could not agree more. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't sure how the class would, would translate to a one-on-one -on -one either. I wasn't sure during COVID with the pandemic, like, you know, I was used to teaching this class. It's a very small class. I keep it to 10 people because we're like in a semicircle and we bounce off every singer that steps up to the mic. And I know that's a crazy feeling because 
you're standing up to the mic and there's nine people standing behind you and I'm right in front of you. And I'm like, okay, let's hear you do it. And it's like, uh, the first singer up, I don't care how professional, they're always just like, oh, why me? But it's such a great vibe. And these singers, um, we've seen a lot of tears. We've definitely seen a lot of laughter. And um, th there's a community that, that started happening with each workshop and it was just growing and growing and I was seeing people supporting each other's uh, you know live gigs and hey here's my new reel check this out it was really beautiful to watch and I was like how is this gonna work one-on-one -on -one? like in a zoom setting how is this gonna work and I think what it allowed the best part of it was that it allowed more one-on-one -on -one time like you know with knowing you and getting to know you better like if I had met you in the workshop there's not as much one-on-one -on -one time, you know, because you've got everybody there. And even though everybody's learning from each other and it's bouncing off of each other, there wasn't that, okay, let's specifically work on you for an hour and a half, you know? And so far it's been great. I've, I've been having a great time. Yeah, it is great. I love it. I love it so much. In fact, I invited Wendy to be a speaker at the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit coming up in May and she's accepted. So we'll <laughs> dive into what she's doing a lot more. And I couldn't be happier about that because I really think this is an incredible skill that's not talked about enough. And uh, it's great for session singers. And I really, really think for indie artists too, because you're going to discover um different layers, different textures, different emotions, different physical, um, physical spaces for it. Uh, it's, there's so much, there's so much that goes into it. And I'm so glad that you're doing it. Thank you, hon. I so appreciate that. It's so interesting to get that feedback and get letters or emails from people after the classes or, you know, and, and what I love is like, someone that starts out as a technical classical singer and is pushing themselves and a couple months down the line they send me a recording of something that was so far out of their comfort zone when we started and i'm listening to it going oh my gosh it's like it's night and day and to that is the biggest reward for me is feeling like people or singers are getting that exact thing out of it is they're feeling inspired and listening to things differently and production. You really have to know a lot about production um, to stand behind the mic and say to a producer, I got this, you know, like this, I know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. um, not that you're not produced sometimes. Um, today at the session that I was in, I took more production than I think I have in 10 years because most of the time people send me stuff to do by myself. Mm -hmm. And if they hire me in a studio setting, sometimes they just go to lunch and then they come back and it's done. So it's rare when I have someone going, try it like this, do it like that. Maybe a little bit more like that. Not so much breath. Can you project more? Can you hold back? Like, and today there was a lot of that. And you know, the, the coolest thing about this job is there's never a time that I stop learning. There's always something to learn from somebody, whether it be another singer that does something completely different than you or another producer, someone that, you know, you respect, um, a composer, a songwriter that comes in that you've never met before that 
you know, does something a little differently than mm-hmm. you. So as long as you keep an open mind and I mean, I'm so in love with singing and so in love with, you know, being super lucky to have this career um, that it's, it's hard for me to feel like, <laughs> don't, don't tell me what to do. I know it all. You know, I'm really kind of still a sponge. You know, occasionally I'll I'll get a little little witchy and go. Wait a second, my my way is better, but <laughs> rare. <laughs> yeah, listen I, to I, me. I know what I'm doing. Sometimes yeah. you know, sometimes I'll feel that way, but yeah. you kind of have to go with what comes to you. Mm-hmm. I I get that. I, in fact, I I think after my first session with you, I walked out the door and and I told my husband, I'm like after 25 years, <laughs> finally getting to a place where I think maybe I'm a pretty good singer. And then <laughs> I meet with Wendy, <laughs> but I love it because it really is. We're always learning. We're always learning those different dimensions, uh, of our voice. And to me, um, coming from like my training and background, I don't believe that any of this defies any of that. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not deconstructing any of that or, or, you know, harming it in any way. It is, it's just a different approach. And I just feel like it's like you're, you're delivering it in a different language that, that isn't in the traditional, um, academia world of singing yeah. or, or, you yeah. know, even in your traditional studios and everything. So I'm That's so excited great. for you. you get it out to the masses. Thank you, hon. I appreciate that. And it's, uh, it's been interesting because I, the more that I, well, the more I started doing it, gosh, I've been doing it a few years now, the more I realized that this is not a widely taught type thing. I just thought for sure there would be more people that specialized in this. And unfortunately there's not, you know, a lot of beautiful vocal coaches, such as yourself. There's amazing vocal coaches out there, real teachers that, that like, again, like my ex knows every muscle in the neck and what it's doing. And, and I'm looking at you going, huh? You know, <laughs> what do you mean muscle? But when you get behind the mic and you've got to open your mouth and deliver, that producer on the other side of that glass is not concerned about what muscle you're using to sing. They want to hear back through those speakers or their headset, however they're monitoring you. They want to hear it sound like money, like record, like something that would be on the radio. Um, many times I've been called, you know, the expensive sound, which yes. I don't know what that means particularly, but it does sound like, you know, sounds like a Katy Perry record. Sounds like, you know, a Marin Morris record, whatever it might be, that is what they want to hear. They do not want to know about the technicality of, you know, exactly how you're standing and how you're projecting and, and being super proper. They, they want it to hear, they want to hear it like it's going to be on the radio and that's what I teach. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> I could... I could talk to you all night and I, I would have loved to dive more into your history because your whole career has been really, really incredible. But, um, I at least got to, you know, give some of your highlights at the top of the hour, but, uh, we'll talk more about it when we see you at the summit. And I just want to acknowledge you and thank you so much for 
joining me tonight and taking the time to do it. And um, it's just been such a pleasure getting to know you and getting to work with you. And I am going to, before I forget, I am going to post your um, website in the comments. So um, thank you. knows where to find you. <laughs> uh, but I just, I recommend that everybody get on the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit Facebook page and just join the page so that you can stay up to date and you'll find out when registration opens for this. Um, and yeah, you'll get all the goodies from Wendy because she's got so, so much to share. She's had a fabulous career and the lady knows what she's talking about. Oh, she really does. <laughs> well, a lot coming from you. And I mean, I have to give out a lot to you too, because doing something like this pandemic proof singer series and like having the know-how, I mean, just to kind of touch on that before we sign off, like there's so much more to having a great voice in being a session singer or a pliable voice. There's so much more to it. It's having a business mind. It's being on time. It's being reliable. It's being easy to be around. It's, it's um, being flexible, being open to direction, criticism, all the things that come flying at you sometimes. You're not always going to be the perfect match for every job. And, you know, sometimes you have to know what you're fantastic at and know what you really suck at. These are all these balancing things that we're required to learn and know. Not everybody does it very incredibly well. Um, and kudos to you for being incredibly talented and also incredibly smart and business minded and being able to do something like this that helps everybody during such a really difficult time. And it's great. It's like I, you, there's a handful of people that I just go, oh, you know, future contractors, you know, because there's so much paperwork and there's a lot of paralegal stuff that you have to learn. And, you know, a lot of really kind of complicated rules and things that change a lot through our unions and all that other stuff. And you got to have a really business mind to make it a career and not just, you know, occasionally sing for $50 somewhere. You know what I mean? To have a full career, you've got to have all of that. And it's, it's tough. So Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career. Thanks so much for joining.